Hey everybody, uh, it's Leo from Anything and Everything. Hope you guys are having a good one. Uh, we have another episode for you today Sorry, with our good friend Jalen Kayan. She's going to talk to you guys about the environment, um, her experiences during college and how it shaped who she is today and being a young woman in an adult world. So we hope you guys enjoy and yeah, here we go. Bye. Well, I mean, I think it's very important that we know that Janelle graduated in college in three years. Oh, yeah. So what was college like for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not easy to do that shit um, in three years. Just, yeah. Describe your experience. Yeah. Well, my older sister graduated college in three years also. And one of my college admission essays was also um, basically, basically an anthology of my experience in elementary through middle school and being compared to her as my older sister because my older sister is like amazing you know she sings well she dances well she's smart she also graduated really early um so i i always lived in that shadow so for me succeeding was always um, expected because everyone all my teachers um knew oh she's julie's little sister so she's gonna do well so i kind of felt like i had to live up to that so graduating in three years was i i it was like a given for me so i actually wanted to graduate college in like two and a half years so less than three years and like my freshman year of college um i thought it was gonna be easy you know i was like okay i literally planned it out like what class am i gonna take every quarter um what what am i gonna take in the summer um, what schools do I have to cross register with it in? And I was like going to like Elko, Santa Monica, Santa Monica College, um, uh, ex- extension class at UC Berkeley and UCSB. So you were going all to all that once? fucking college? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh like not God. like I wasn't like a student there, but I took like online co- classes through them. Jeez, so-, so there is one like there was like like it kind of overlapped where I was doing all four at like within a two-week period but it wasn't like a lot because it was either like the beginning or the end of that but um i was just always this very intricate planner and thinker um i always thought about everything long term um i underestimated how hard it was gonna be so halfway through that crazy cycle i like failed one of my class i didn't fail one of my classes i'm not that dumb but um i got a really bad grade in one of my classes and then I ended up changing majors. And then that's when I kind of changed gears and then graduated in three years instead of my originally planned two and a half. Wow. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's incredible. So, what was your original study? Um, it was originally a BS in environmental studies. And now I switch into BA in environmental studies. So it's not that much of a difference, but like the world of environmental science is such a huge discipline. So like the sciences would be more like like working in environmental laboratory, doing quantitative analysis of something more specific like carbon levels um, in a specific city versus the BA is more focused on like policy and all that stuff. So that's how I was able to um, do an emphasis in urban and regional planning and then minor in education. So it's all more closely related to each other rather than if I had done like a BS and something more scientific and then did a, a minor in education. 
Wow. Sheesh, man. That's crazy. So, yeah. At what point, like, what was the most units you had going on at the same time? I'm in, one, in one quarter. I think I want to say, I counted it out once, but I think it was like 26.5. Jesus Six units? Yeah, but I think it was... what I'm taking. <laughs> It, I think it was it was like just one of those like again like weird like overlap of everything and the one class I was taking at uh, UC Berkeley was actually a master's course but so it counted for like more be or more undergrad units Wait, than it ha- would usually. Do you have your master's? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it should. was just a it was just a master's course that could still count for your undergrad. Mm. Do you plan on getting your master's? Um I'm not sure about my direction for higher education yet. I think if I were to go back to school, it would probably be for my teaching credential or like a master's in environmental education. So somewhere in that realm. Yeah, it's interesting. So like what 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 drives you to like take on like that kind of experience like, what do you mean experience? Like, I mean, finishing in three years, like taking 26 units at one, 26 and a half um, units at one time. Like, like, how do you get through that without feeling overwhelmed? Or what drove oh, you? Oh, I mean, yeah. I still felt overwhelmed and I still very much feel overwhelmed in my everyday life. And it's kind of a given for whatever anyone is going to go through in your life. But um, for me, I suppose I was just really fixated on that goal that I wanted, which was to graduate early, basically minimize my my debt, my student loan debt, and get into the workforce as soon as I could. Um, did that answer the question? There were like five at once. What even was your question? Oh, what drove you to, yeah, to like, do that, to get through that? Well, yeah, like what pushes you through that? Um, What pushed me through it? Well, I mean, you're obviously not lazy. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this should be a drinking game where every time I say, um, people like, take a shot and then like, people would be blackout wasted and then they would think that my podcast is really good. <laughs> uh, oh, damn it. I did it again. So what drove me and how did I like stay motivated throughout that? This is his question. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, again, like I had very um, high expectations of me growing up and um, I quickly learned that I was easily able to meet those expectations that people had of me. So it's kind of like this uh, positive feedback loop, like people expected a lot out of me. So I pushed myself. And then Mm. because I kept pushing myself, people kept expecting a lot out of me. So it was almost like if I didn't push myself to be better each time and push through whatever it was, like going through 26 units at a single time or graduating early, whatever it was, like if I didn't push myself through those experiences, then it wouldn't be who I am, you know, because like what people know of me and what I know of uh, what I know myself to be is to push myself and to always do the best, if that makes sense. No, so does. like when I graduated college, for example, um, I didn't have a full time job right away or at least not one that I wanted. So like I felt terrible about myself, like I was super upset. I um, I felt like the world was watching me, you know, like I felt like 
people knew that I graduated early. People knew that like I was super smart, which I don't even think I am, by the way. But people think that I'm super smart and they think that I have everything under control. So I kind of feel like I have to put that facade up to everyone. And if if I don't live up to those expectations and I'm letting both them and myself down. Hmm. Why do you put so much pressure on yourself? it's again it's like a it's like a double-edged sword against like people i feel like people expect it of myself but like i i want people to expect more out of me i want people to know that i only strive for greatness for myself and i i want to keep pushing myself i don't want to be complicit i always want to learn and grow and be the best version of myself that i can be so even if it's hard, at least I'm becoming a better version of myself. So you say like you enjoy the pressure? I do. And I think I, I actually strive a lot of the times once once I have a lot going on. Like when there's days that I have a lot of things going on, I actually feel better because like with that added pressure of having to do a million things at once, then like my brain is on, you know, I know I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to walk my dogs. I got to go to the grocery store, stuff like that. So once I know that I have a lot of things on my plate, then my brain starts working better. Hmm. Um, versus if I, if it's like, like, for example, I just started a new work schedule. So I have every other Friday off. So my first Friday off, I was like sitting at my house, like not knowing what to do. Cause like, I would usually be at work doing getting a lot of stuff done, but I was just at home and I, I like felt lost. Mm. So like not having a clear pathway or a clear plan for anything kind of like makes me feel like I'm not using my brain to its full capacity and that I feel bad about myself. Well, so would you say that like you have to, you feel like you have to stay busy all the time? I feel and I not only feel like I have to stay busy all the time, but like I want to. It's my preference. Oh, nice. Like I do enjoy like I want to say that like this past like six months, like I've been sleeping in until like seven thirty, eight thirty on week- <laughs> weekends. Sleeping in. And I used to like <laughs> I like back when I was like I'm like, I want to say that I, I am definitely not as not driven. That's not the right word, but I'm not as energetic as I was maybe a year and a half ago because I used to like work at like 7 a.m. until like 4 p.m. every day. And then um, even on the weekends, I would still like wake up at like 630 in the morning to get to the gym. And like that was like my preference. You know, if I woke up any later, then I'd be mad at myself for wasting the hours in the day. Well, better than me. Shoot. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, now now I sleep in. So that's till, not till sleeping 730? in. <laughs> yeah, eight, eight is a stretch for me to get up. What the heck? For early? Yeah, like yeah. my my early is like nine <laughs> or no? Yeah, yeah. really. That's like the earliest like, I'll get up. Like if I don't have to be up early, I won't be up early. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. interesting. But I don't know. I think I think I'm a night person though. I like being up at night. I don't like to be up early. I don't think. I'm just a stoner, bro. <laughs> that's all I fucking do. Anyway. Um, yeah, wow. So, like, I don't know how you do it, but that's incredible to be honest. Seriously, that's like mad respect, yeah. So, yeah, like, um, 
Let's see. What's the question? So what we're trying to figure out, like, so we all, we're going through, the, we're at an age in our life where, like, you know, we're transitioning from, you know, that little kid phase or teenager phase to, like, young adult phase. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, where would you say where you're at oh. in that transition? Ooh, that hurts me, actually, because <laughs> I don't know. You don't like, know? I genuinely don't know where I am in life, and it makes me confused. Like, it's hard to navigate my social life, and it's hard to navigate um, a non-existent romantic life and relationships with other people um, because I don't, I don't know where I lie because I, I still very much recognize that I am so young like i am only 22 but um and so are all of our friends you know like we hang out in a group of people who's generally within our age group um but then i um so within our age group though i feel old you know i feel like a grandma like i know you guys like to go out super late but like Mm. once it hits like 10 o'clock i'm like come on guys like (laughs) Uh, then oh the the night it's it's so late right now um so and i feel old like especially because like i've i've been working um in like an office setting i think since i was like well i started working since i was like 15 that was my first job and then i skipped like the first the last few years of high school and a little bit of college but then like i think probably 19 i started working like all like 20 30 hours um Mm. in like an office setting so like i feel like i've and now it's been like three years since then so i feel like i've been working like that typical office job you know like Mm. been used to that setting and that environment so like i feel aged in that way compared to my peers you know because like like I I love buying business clothes, you know. I love the chance to wear like nice pants and nice heels and all that stuff. And mm. I I don't have many friends that I can share that feeling with. And then I go to work, and then it's all of these. Um, I have a few coworkers that are like closer to my age, but again, like they're older. Like most of them are married. Most of mm. them have kids. Um, a lot of the people that I work with like are close to retirement age. And Mm -hmm. then like from there, I feel so young Mm -hmm. versus with you guys. I feel so old because like once I'm at work, I feel like I have so much to learn from them still. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm quite new to my specific career in environmental education. And there's so many things that um put me ahead of people my age but then at the same time like i'm still nowhere on the level of people who have been working for like 20 years you know i don't i don't have that attention to detail i don't have the clear communication skills that i would like um so in short i don't know where i lie because i don't feel like i fit in in any category really well you're in the middle i'm in the middle but like and like when when i say like it's it's hard to like find someone who's like or it's hard in the like the dating realm for example because like i feel like i i'm not young but i feel like i'm a pretty emotional person and not at the same time explain that yeah how so yeah i feel like um 
You are emotional and you you're said not you're emotional. What would you guys say? Like uh, you in the dating world? Or in, as Soci- a person? Socially? Oh. As a person, I'd say, yeah, you are. Not, yeah, I not, think you are I'm emotional. Like, I, think, I think you. I'm expressive. I think you're sensitive, though. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, yeah, I'm expressive and I'm sensitive and I'm traumatic. And, um, but intelligent at the same time. You know? yeah. yeah, that's why it's, it's weird like because, in like, the middle. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's weird because, like, I feel like part, like, parts of my personality would fit better. Like, my sensitive side would probably fit better with someone that's younger, you know, but then, like, I work like a nine to five, so it's, I'm like tired once I get home and I, I still want to make time for the fa- for my family and going to the gym and things like that. So that a person who also has a nine to five would more so understand the constraints of my time. So it's like when it comes to finding someone that fits that in between also, like that's pretty difficult. Yeah, it sounds like you need like an old soul, like just like a, a young person with like <laughs> an old ass soul. Yeah, well, that's what I think that's what I am. Sometimes. Yeah, I feel the same way because, like, granted, I'm not at the the established, you know, level that you're at, but I like I feel like I don't know, like my I feel 60, you know, like my head feels like I'm 80 years old, and then I just like to act or not act. I am young, so that's mm-hmm. why I feel like I can act young, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't, half the stuff I do, I don't need to do it, you know. I just I do it because it's the I need to enjoy these years while I got them, you know. Yeah. Because I, I know that. I know what you mean. Yeah, you feel me, like. So I don't know, but like, what was I gonna say about you? I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, I think you need an old soul. That's what I feel like. You just need someone that's like, and there. I think there's a lot of young people that have that in our age group. Old souls. Yeah, like you know what I mean when I say old soul. Like no. So basically, like a young person that you know thinks like, like they're like they're old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they feel old inside, but on the external, like you know, the youngest fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> nah, I get you. I get you. So that's so. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just sounds like it sounds like you're a person. It sounds I'm like a you. You. Yeah. It sounds like your experience, like just a lot of aspects of life, which yeah. is why I feel like you're caught in between. Yeah. Um, I would say like I don't know. I don't think you need to fit anywhere though, as long as you're just living. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm fine with like where I am right now. It's just like it's difficult navigating through the different groups of people that I interact with. Because like I'm, I'm with you guys, and sometimes I just, I genuinely feel old. Like I'm like, who's Lil Yachty and um. What's a little yachty? Yeah, like I, I, genuinely, I genuinely don't know who those people are, you know. And you guys are always like, "Oh, did you listen to that new song?" And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." You that's know, that's just music taste, though. Yeah, I know, yeah. Different. But then I feel like that's that music taste is like the music taste of our generation. Like you could ar- argue that, you know. It is, but it's so it's, I feel like I can't relate on like a very big level. Like even when we're like going to like a bar and people are playing that music, I just it's hard for me to feel like I fit in because I'm I don't know what the hell is playing, you know. And then when they play like indie rock songs at, at like the end of the night, it's all the white people dancing. That's <laughs> that's what gets me, you know. When once they they start like playing queen and shit like that's what gets to me queen is fire though yeah but 
Even if you <laughs> no, we get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and then like when I'm like with my coworkers who are old, they're like I don't know, like they now they're talking about like really old shit. Like they they bring up like old TV shows and I'm like, oh, I think that was released before I was born, you know? So it's just like even um like connecting to people on that level because I'm not familiar like I feel like what I spend my time watching, learning, um, and paying attention to is like it doesn't fit in either like older generations or younger generations jesus so i feel right in the middle (laughs) yeah yeah basically Hmm. you said you disagree what do you disagree with i feel like in today's generation like we all got our own music tastes you know everyone's pretty random i feel like but granted but there's like there's some that are in tune with you know the modern stuff more yeah like khalid yeah do you listen to him not really oh i listen to a lot of stuff like for, I don't know. For me, it's a lot of just like. Did he do the talk song? Yeah. Okay. The talk song. His song is called Talk. <laughs> How's it go? I'm not gonna. Say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, come on, Tyler. Not <laughs> Too nervous. Um, That's why we're not going viral, bro. Because <laughs> it's shit like that. No, you should sing it. I don't know the song. Know. That's why I asked him to sing it. Nah, I don't know it. I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I agree that people have different music tastes, but I think there is, um, of course, there are trending artists among. Yeah, there's popular pop, like yeah, yeah. And I don't know any of them. So you know? Yeah, you're like a. But have you like taken the time to hipster. like? Yeah, have you taken you're time to listen to it to dabble no, into I'm it? Not a hipster. Um, well, do you have a? Pair I mean, overalls? I. Oh, you know who I've dab- dabbled into? Shawn Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what's her name? What's his girlfriend's name? Camila Cabello. Oh, no, I don't like her voice. Oh, I'm sorry, Camila. Wow. Um, I'll respect you. I'll power to you. But I just, I just don't like her music. Don't worry, she won't see this. Or she oh, will. She might. We don't know, man. But yeah. No. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I, I know the sound of the music and what's popular. And it's not something that I would go venture into on my own you know but i i do like i do want to like know it just so that whenever i'm out and people are like oh my god i love this song and they're singing and they're having a good time and like i don't yeah i just know them for the clubs like now we can just dance yeah because if you dance into a song you don't know it's kind of like whatever but that's when you know the song, me all the time <laughs> Leonard. you can move to the beat <laughs> you can move to the beat <laughs> For the for the longest time, I was just seeing the al- alphabet. Wow, what? And making it seem like I knew the lyrics. Wow, whole the time. Yeah. I never noticed. <laughs> oh no, shit, you're good. <laughs> you're good. I'm like, damn, she really knows the lyrics. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, legit. Like I don't know, but I, I, that's why. Like I would like to like know the song so that I can have a better time when I'm going out. For sure. But um, right now it's just not on my priority list, I suppose. Hmm. How do we end up there? I don't know. <laughs> I know she was talking about what her music, soul. her music taste, old soul. No, I was talking about where I fit in between like a young adult and. Well, I'm saying like we got into that conversation because we we're talking about music taste, though. Like yeah. you, you oh, said, like, you felt you felt discontent. You're like in a really unique spot, though. Like it's kind of cool. I'm being real. Very yeah. niche. Kind of cool. Very specific. Yeah, like it's hard for almost. I mean, I'm sure there's people that relate to that. <laughs> But like, dang! Like, I can't. I can imagine it, but I can't. Like, you yeah. Know, I don't know what I would do in that situation. That's crazy. I'm doing fine. But you're doing it, you know. You're doing that thing. 
Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, next question, please. That's my question, bro. Your turn. (laughs) Fuck. All right, tell me a secret. (laughs) Okay, well, while while you're thinking of the question, I also wanted to... I forgot to do my disclaimer at the beginning. So, people of the world, while you're watching this, I roll my eyes a lot, but it doesn't mean anything. I'm just thinking, and I don't hate these guys at the moment. I just roll my eyes to think. That's all. It's good. I do that, too. I look up. I just look around. No, I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> I'm not looking up. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that like going into college, you knew, did you have an idea as to what you're going to be doing like in terms of careers? Uh, not really. Not going into college. Um, one of my inspirations in high school was Mr. Ashbrook, the apes teacher. And um, there's like one specific moment that he made me feel like I could do anything because um so um if I don't know if you know but um when I was in high school I was like LTG or lieutenant governor for key clubs so um one of the big things that we had to do was go to like a convention so we were out of town for like a weekend and since I was LTG I'd be gone like a Friday and a Monday usually also uh and then there was this um internship program like our junior year of high school that was put on by Exxon Mobil, which I can't believe I fraternized with the enemy, but um, it was put on by Exxon Mobil and it was an opportunity for high school students to get like technical training from real engineers and scientists as well as a, a local job in the city of Torrance. So I had my inter- interview for that like the day I came back from like Sacramento or one of our trips. And I had completely forgot, and usually, like, I'm the most prepared person, and I forgot, so I was, like, embarrassed. Um, I wasn't prepared. I didn't dress up, so I was in, like, jeans and a t-shirt, and I wasn't going to go. So, like, I kept getting call slips from the office, and I just ignored them. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, just not going to show up, because I was just so embarrassed. I didn't want to fuck up, because I wasn't prepared. And then, um, like, suddenly, uh, I was in Esther Brooks' class, and they gave him a call and uh they were asking for me and i told him like i don't want to go i'm not prepared i'm not dressed for this and all of that and he's like no you can do this don't give up and then he made like some girl in our class give me her cardigan so that it looked like i was a little dressed up and then he sent me to the interview (laughs) so i was like freaking nervous but lo and behold i got it you know like i got it like i was unprepared like usually I'd prepare like interview questions and like kind of prepare my answers and make sure that I'm dressed up and like I'm in like the right mindset for an interview and somehow I got it and I think I did rather well in the program. So yeah. and um, he like really made me feel that like whatever life's whatever life throws at me, I could handle go. It. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. handle it because like I wasn't even going to give myself the option. You know, I wasn't even going to try for the opportunity. I wasn't even ready for a failure, Mm. but he like pushed me to do it. And I succeeded so much through that program specifically. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate him for that so much. And he made me feel like that in the world of like environmental studies and environmental science. So, Mm -hmm. um, so many things I can recall so many stories from his class specifically, 
uh, where he like empowered all of his students to feel like they can make a change in the world. And that's what I wanted to do in college, you know, just make a change and help save the planet, whatever it might be. Yeah. I was thinking it was probably going to be in a more technical field, but I realized that I am more inclined in sharing that environmental message to people. So hence environmental education, which is um, a perfect mix of that. So would you say like Esther Brooks class, like, you know, instilled that passion for environmental, you know, cl- issues? It, it not only instilled it, but it, it directed it into something concrete. Like, I, I, I don't want to say that my passion for the environment began, like, 11th grade of high school because it was always there, you know? Mm-hmm. I loved animals. Um, I loved planting flowers. I loved all that stuff. But I didn't realize that you could turn that knowledge into a career or turn that knowledge into something that can actually affect yourself, the people around you, and the future generations. So he like kind of opened my mind into what that field was. And I didn't even know that it existed, you know. Well, for sure. And like, like you got something? No, I was just going to say you're going to save the planet one day. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to ask. So I uh, thought of like a billion questions and I realized that, you know, she's an environmentalist, you know. So how do you what do you think about the current state, you know, of the world and where we're headed? Are we screwed? So I took uh, specifically environmental education classes um, when I was back at UCSB. And one of the things that researchers found um, that was most ineffective at making people um, instill positive changes in their habits. So the most ineffective thing was that doom and gloom perspective. So doom, doom and gloom is like, oh, my God. Um, the climate is warming, the earth is changing, we're all going to die in 20 years. Like, that's not going to work. Because, like, <laughs> and clearly, because, like, if you think about it, like, the um, if people think that the world is going to end in 20 years, they're, 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 they're not going to give a shit about, like, carpooling. They're not going to give a shit about recycling. Right. So why be so doom and Smoking. gloom about it? Um, and, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, sometimes I feel doom and gloom about a lot of the things that are happening you know i take it on a personal level but like if you want to make positive change it's important to um, empower people and make them feel hopeful um, that there is a chance to save the world well i never even thought about that because yeah like my whole perspective is like this shit's going to, to hell you know yeah and like there's if there's one thing about like the planet earth it's that it's resilient and um it'll be here when we're gone you know yeah and i could get into a whole nother thing about like mother nature and everything but like please please dive in (laughs) would you say full zen yeah (laughs) no well not even full zen it's like just the history of like environmental degradation is has deep connected roots in colonization and Western civilization. Yeah. And like there's in uh, one of my environmental justice classes. God, I sound like such a hippie right now. No, you're <laughs> this is what you are, you know, embrace that shit. Um, <laughs> in one of my environmental justice classes, we learned about like nature with a lowercase 
N and nature with an uppercase N. Oh, shit. So nature. The, yeah. So like. <laughs> yeah. Nature. Yeah. So nature. like when you're the like basically one nature is like the nature that that we grew up with and we are familiar with. So when you think of like nature. That's big in nature. Just whatever whatever oh. nature that you have in your brain right now without me telling you anything. Damn. What do you think about Think of trees, squirrels, scampering okay. along a grass, field of daisies. Keep going. A hill. The sun Keep going. setting. Flowers. Keep going. As the sky transitions from a light Dol- blue. Dolphins to a jumping dark. out of the ocean. Keep going. Shit. Um, a breeze. Okay. Rustling yeah. in the trees. Oh uh-huh. yeah. A Keep lot going. of vegetation and fruit. Keep going. Um, animals, animals. Hella, okay. hella animals. Yeah, too many animals. Is that, is that all you got? Eating each other and shit. Soil, <laughs> yeah, that's nature. Dirt. That's nature. Us. A grizzly bear. There you go. That's Living the in harmony in with the nature. That's capital and nature. No? Yeah, yeah. So that that's <laughs> the, the other type of nature that like Western civili- civilization completely avoided. It's the nature with humans mm. in it. Because like people think of nature as something separate, separate from than us. us. You know, wow. there's us. There's the mm. national parks. Like it doesn't matter what we do on the street, streets. It doesn't matter if we litter. It doesn't matter if we don't. What did you say? <laughs> say jinx. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't matter if we litter or it doesn't matter if we like spill oil on the side of the highway because like that's that's separate from the national parks. That's separate from the beach. It's um it's separate from where we we go on a hike in PV, you know? So people mm. have um this notion that people and nature is separate and that makes it okay to degrade the part of nature that or the part of the earth that we reside in you Mm. know in our space and it's okay to protect um the small space that is set aside for us to enjoy nature but real nature is us real nature is the room that we're in the street that we drove in um everything around us so if we if we thought about nature in that perspective then we would be a lot more conscious of of how we treat it yeah you know a, yeah that's deep whoa can you say that again it blew my mind just now yeah. to be honest i don't remember what i said it, it, nah, <laughs> i have a question though so like um damn there, there's just so many ways that environmentalism intersects with like um racial and social justice economic um status sexism almost everything that is that has problems on the planet earth at some point in time intersects with environmentalism if that makes sense well, that's weird. Yeah. it almost sounds like like the way you're describing that it almost sounds like like how you describe god i know i thought that that, that thought crossed my mind that's weird like you described exactly how you would describe like can i tell you my mother nature thing now Okay. Sure. <laughs> Wait, what, <laughs> on the, on, like while we're talking about God, like, t- like tell me what you think when when I tell talk to you about Mother Nature. Like what when I say Mother Nature, what words come to mind? Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mother Nature is green. Mm-hmm. I see like yeah, like energy. You know, light. Flow. <laughs> I think light. <laughs> Flow. Yeah, like harmony, balance. Yeah. yeah. Balance. So like those. Like, life is a big thing. So, like, basically when, like, all the Europeans came to settle, like, 
the Americas and, and all that. Like all they they framed they framed nature as oh, Mother gosh. Nature, you know. So they framed Mother Nature as the giver of life, which what mothers are known to be. Mothers are known to be um, giving. They're they're they've been known to like give the clothes off their back to their children give everything that they have to make sure that their kids are okay and Mm. um so they framed mother nature or they framed nature or the the notion of nature as a mother so they could justify taking from it they could justify um all of the desecration of the lands and they they used it to basically justify even the colonization of the indigenous people on the Americas, you know, they justified that their blood was impure. So we had to help mother nature out by raping them and killing their women and making sure that their blood didn't move forward. Like everything, like, like again, like everything about the environment intersects somehow with like, like capitalism that came, uh, that basically runs our society, um, feminism, sexism everything you know racism. like everything has like roots in environmentalism yeah mm-hmm. racism too it's oh my god environmental racism is a whole nother thing like because communities of color uh disproportionately have or they dis- disproportionately feel the consequences of co- of climate change more than um affluent commu- communities that are not of color you know like when you think of like communities that live along the highways they're more um so usually they're lower income they are usually more diverse so they're more people of color but because they live by the highway they have um the pollution that comes with being by by highway so you get like all of the cancer the asthma that goes with it Hmm. um the founder of environmental justice robert bullard was a doctor from or was a researcher or something from another state, and they found that um, companies were, or like industries were literally dumping like their environmental waste that could like cause cancers and all this other stuff like in the backyards of like black people. And they did it on purpose because they knew that like the black people wouldn't fight back. Um, oh. They did it because um, they knew that they could because the white people would say, not in my backyard. And oh. the white people have louder voices. So it's like everything on like, from environmental racism and then that connects with like climate change because like communities that communities of color in other countries like once the sea levels rise they don't have the money like people like us who have the privilege to move away you said once the sea levels rise not if the sea levels rise once because it's going to when so we could get oh, ready <laughs> within our lifetime. Yeah, within our Definitely lifetime. Within our lifetime. There's communities in like Florida, I believe, that um, experience this thing called sunny day flooding. So um, it's it'll be like a beautiful day, like it hasn't rained in a couple a couple weeks or something, and all of a sudden, like houses will be flooded to like the second floor or something. Damn. Yeah, and from that's what? just because of climate change. It's just because, um, yeah, not from rain, but because something about like the waterways not being able to support the amount of water that's flowing through their system Dumb. if that makes sense well sorry i can just say a million things and no, this is this is getting this is getting into like this. doom and gloom because i don't want to just be like shoving all this 
sadness about environmental justice no that's real racism down your throats that's real though if that's what's happening then we that's what we should hear you know yeah but i mean it's good for people to hear but like i don't the specifics of it all is it it's not necessary you know like you people don't need to know that things are going wrong to want to protect nature you know yeah. you don't need to know to do that all like all, all that you really need to protect nature is to like have a connection to the environment have a positive connection to to the environment and feel like you have the power to make a change to, to protect it doesn't like if your connection is to one of those issues and that's great but usually most people have positive connections to the environment from like hikes from going to the beach when they were young from going to these beautiful places so hopefully yeah surfing and that's why like environmentalism is primarily like a white person thing you know because white people have the means they have the time they have um the access to the beach and like um historically people of color did not feel safe at beaches or like waterways because it was um a place for white people to enjoy and they would feel unsafe with the presence of people of of color there so like just historically people like sorry white people but like you've they've had more access to the environment and they've had um they grow up with more experiences in the environment. So that means that they're more likely to form these connections and want to protect it. So if you look at all like the major environmentalists like Jane Goodall, you know, she's, you know, and mm-hmm. like a lot of people that like you, you see, um, what's the name of the family? The crocky, the crocodiles. Oh. The Irwins. Yeah, Steve Irwin. Yeah, you know, so like a, a lot of these people, like the the, the brothers on Zabumafu, you know. like Brother all, Nature. All, yeah, bro, well, Brother Nature, <laughs> but respect to him. Brother Nature hit me up. Did um, he? He hit you no, up? No, no, I'm like oh, hitting hit, him up. Hit, hit her up, yeah. Shout out Brother Nature. Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, I'll fight this man, whoever hit you. <laughs> um i heard it was over some bullshit though yeah that's rocked <laughs> i'll stand by him <laughs> no matter you ran you sprinted out that fucking store bro sorry but yeah. um i forgot what i was talking about you're talking about how white white yt people, people have, have the power access the they, access. Have, they have the, the access, access. The but luckily that's changing you know like hopefully like with my job i get to like bring students from all over the south bay to like a environmental facility basically and i've had one teacher even stop me and say like i'm so glad that my students and specifically my girls can see um, another girl of color in a technical field because before they're never exposed to people who look like them and work in places like this you know it, it broadens their horizons and that's that's what i want to do at work is like offer these experiences to students and just make them feel like they have a space in the environment because for so long like people like us weren't really welcome in places in the environment but now that's changing and there's more representation there's so many more good efforts out there that are trying to overcome these barriers so that everyone has 
equal access and equal outcome or equity to the environment. Hmm. Cool. 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 That's really awesome. Honestly, like it's awesome. We need more people like you. We need more people like you. Thanks. No, I think we just all have to change our own behavior if we really care about, you know, the planet. Yeah, and, and it's it's, it's all the small you. things. Yeah, it starts with yourself, you know. And I recognize that I'm not a perfect, I'm not, I'm not vegan by yeah. any means, you know. Yeah. And, like, I, I definitely am, like, sometimes I'll use a plastic straw. And I'm sorry about it, <laughs> but, like, I'm not perfect, but, like... Yeah. All I want is for people to like do the best that they can at the at the time, you know, and mm-hmm. um, always try to be better. Like I started out with. Hey, so if you were to give an estimate for when you think everything's about to go to shit, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like a climate scientist. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, based on your <laughs> your general cons- consensus of like based on everything you studied. This, yeah, you know. Um. um where you think we're headed and like what's well, going to happen? Well, honestly, I think things are pretty bad already. If you think about California, there's been the increasing intensity of wildflower wild wildfires, fires, not wildflowers. Wild <laughs> um, yeah. There's like increasing intensity of wildfires, and um, that's basically exacerbated by global warming because or climate change. Then because Australia like, was on fire. Australia is on fire and like but like specific to like where we live in California like like we're probably going to see where I I I feel like we're entering the next drought. I mean it's January and how many days of rain have we seen? Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. So I feel cold, like though. it's going to be another dry season. Hopefully it's just a year that it'll be dry and not an actual drought. But um like with with more dry seasons that means that there's more fuel for fires to burn and then usually immediately after like the most recent fires there was a really wet season so that that um caused a lot of mudslides uh that can like basically cause even more damage so like with this like like rainy dry rainy dry and it's like getting even worse either way like it's gonna it's only gonna get even worse from here and we're expecting the big one the big earthquake yeah that's definitely gonna come and we have a lot of aging infrastructure like the aqueducts that bring our water here are like like 50 years old or whatever or even older is it is it possible for california to break off of the united states from that earthquake i don't think so you don't think so Uh, from what um from what I'm aware of, point something. all the way across the outside. Well, there's the San Andreas Fault, and it like connects like the land plate to the sea plate. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the only way, and the plates are really big, so the only way that like it could break off is if like it could probably break up like a hundred feet or something. But I don't think it like could completely separate because <laughs> California is really big. <laughs> yeah. Floating off it's and shit. <laughs> Because that would only mean that, like, the tectonic plate keeps moving. Now, there, like, the Channel Islands, for example, um, there's the two plates, but then there's, like, a small plate, like, in between the two major plates. So then, like, I think how the plate, the major plates are moving right now is, like, they're going like this. So then that small plate in the middle is, like, turning. So the Channel Mm. Islands used to be part of California. Mm -hmm. So, like, that that's probably more of what you're thinking of but the plates aren't like oriented in such a way that you could like just 
take California and move it on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I used to have a really, like, like when I was younger, my away. biggest fear was, like, there would be, like, a big-ass earthquake and, like, a flood would, like, hit L.A. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll be, like, covered in water. And I couldn't swim. And I still can't <laughs> swim. So I'd just, like, drown or some shit. That's a valid concern, to be honest. Right? Yeah. I'm, like, down. We live pretty close to the beach. Yeah. And I'm, like... Yeah. And then my mom would be like, nah, it's okay. Floods only go in for like two miles. I'd be like, all right, for sure, we're good, you know. But because we live like five miles in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got, you got <laughs> some buffer also. Yeah, like there's a little, a little bit of leeway. Some leeway <laughs> before, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think we'll break off. And I, I don't know how a tsunami would be, but. Yeah. Yeah. It was all speculation. Like, you know, until we go through it, you know. Oh, it's going to happen. We won't know. I know they. Never mind. But, yeah, but so it's kind of <laughs> crazy, actually, because we had that big one, like, what, last summer? Which one? Like, this, that we were all at Dave & Buster's. Oh, yeah. And it was rolling. We, yeah, I, I, I wasn't that. sure if, like, we were, I was just drunk already, or Damn if, like, do you remember no, that? I remember that. Yeah, it was like a, a baseball but... game was playing or something. Yeah, we were at the booth. We it seeing, was July. That's where I tried a mojito. Oh, wait. No, we met at my house, t- and I was watching Star Wars. The TV was, like, shaking. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like that, that was like a pretty heavy earthquake, like a seven. It was far though. It was far away. Yeah. But like what I'm trying to get at is that like our, our or like our houses are built to withstand earthquakes. But then if you like took like a 7.0 earthquake to like a third world country, like that would be devastation. Yeah. Facts. Pretty crazy. Mm. So I don't know how we would be with the big one, Mm. but I'm scared. Really? Yeah. You're scared? Oh shit! Because I, I think about like I think about like my like family nervous. and like there's so many of us like we don't have a meeting space so if phone lines are down how are we, how are we gonna know where to go and like the kids go well, to school satellites. and my dogs? Yeah, don't we have satellites though? Like, yeah, but then what what if like my phone is dead that day? You know, and then there's uh, no electricity no power, at all. The, you know, the then we're done for. You know, it's only yeah. yeah. You know, it's so crazy how like we're like yeah. literally a few appliances from being like primitive like super primitive you know like we have water uh-huh. gas and electricity if you ain't got that in your house like it's just dark <laughs> it's dark in yeah. there nothing going on fuck man <laughs> yeah I, I feel like the invention of the wheel like what else yeah like, right the cell like, phone but the then, horse like, <laughs> the horsepower self, yeah damn i know like there so, hasn't been any like major changes yeah. in technology that have created a major shift in society like first it was like fire probably yeah fire the Uh, wheel the steam engine electricity yeah and then what plumbing or plumbing 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 was a big step (laughs) no but plumbing has like or like modern dentistry and like even like plumbing and all that stuff was around when like when the indigenous people were still here like i feel like the mayans did it or something no but i'm like i'm saying that's a big step though like like you said fire. Like I'm sure we discovered fire like a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, like well, as soon as we got plumbing, like I feel like that was a big step too. There wasn't shit everywhere and dirt all over the place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Side note. Oh my God, man. That's mm-hmm. scary, man. Yeah, it is. I don't want to die, man. I don't want to. Oh, die. you will, Tyler. No. Oh, no doom will. and gloom. Now there's hope, though. <laughs> is so, there? You know, is there hope? There is hope. Okay. So, like, in an ideal world, like, what is the solution to, like, can we prevent this stuff from happening or no? Mm. At this point, pass my phone. I, uh, like, okay, honestly, it's quite, 
I want to say that it's difficult with the way our, our society was built. So, um, what was the question? Why? Well, first part was like, uh, like, what are the like, what would be like an ideal world? Like, what are the solutions to oh, this? Okay. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Where I was getting at was in it, like in an ideal world, our society and our civilization would not have been built on this highly extractive model. You know, like we are, our, our society is built on the exploitation of everything, on the exploitation of our resources, on the exploitation of an animals and on the exploitation of human labor for for profit like those yeah for those like poor like i love a great cup of coffee don't get me wrong but like every time i enjoy like a good cup cup of coffee like i always feel like a slight like piece of guilt like knowing that like women in like a third world country or men but usually women like in a third world country are like slaving away for like this cup of coffee that i just drank and they probably got like pennies you know wow so like that's like that's how our entire world operates yeah so it's it's hard to and that's exactly what's killing the planet earth so it's yeah the system that like white yeah, people built but yeah yeah crazy. and it's it's hard there are solutions to it but i i don't think that salute the that the world will change that much unless there's radical change or a radical solution you know like the green new deal um is a step in the right direction and thinking about like renewable energy and green jobs and social equity and how that intersects with like it being sustainable like those are all great steps in the in the right direction but um, as for specific solutions, I think it's just making sure that you work to you do your best um, in whatever small ways you can. But once the for, in my mind, the only way to play the system that is currently in place in our society is to put put your money where your head is. So if you want to. Like, for example, a good example of this is oat milk and like all, all of the, all of the alternative milks like people or companies start noticing that people start buying uh, almond milk and like soy milk and oat milk a lot more. So like that that industry boomed and it's like it takes a lot less like energy and water and all that stuff to make alternative nut, nut milks instead of like actual cow's milk. So that was like a big step in the right direction. <laughs> that was a big Again. step in the right direction um and that's just because of like consumer power so if 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 our if our world and if our countries are built off of capitalism then play capitalism by putting your money in more sustainable ventures smart the logical choice yeah but of course like there's still like simple things like trying to bring a reusable bag when you go grocery shopping Damn, I still don't remember that. Use okay, paper, it's hard. Paper straws instead of plastic. Yeah, straws. paper straws. Save the turtles. Now, reusable straws. Yes. Hydroflasks. Hydroflasks are uh, hydroflasks are genius because yeah. like they're almost like a status symbol. You know, like if you don't have a reusable water bottle, then you're like mm. lame. Yeah, I don't, you know. I don't have one. You do. I don't use it. Yeah, but <laughs> but like 
because you don't care about status symbols. <laughs> I don't use it. There you go. You know, <laughs> you have one. But that it. was like a great like marketing ploy, or not a marketing ploy, I suppose. But it was a a great way Fantastic. to get <gasps> plastic. You bag. sick fuck, Tyler. <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Way down. But yeah, that you're right. That was genius because not everybody has one. Most and people do have like reusable bottles, yeah. though. Yeah. This is my soliloquy. <clears throat> Suck a dick, dumb shits. That's all. And that's like the it. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Janelle. <laughs> yep, always a pleasure. That's your parting message. That's my parting <laughs> No, it's not. I don't know what my parting message is. No, that can be, though. Nah, this is like no. the outro part where like, <laughs> we're just talking about whatever as Cole fades it to black. This is what we're gonna fade it. As, as it, as I'm literally as you're saying, as I narrate it, bro, <laughs> it fades it. to black. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, bro, <laughs> you gotta narrate it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>